All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to Behind the Blue Podcast. Once again, this is Justin, bringing you a good show today. Today, I actually have one of my good friends. Her name is... Cynthia. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse her, everybody. She is a little nervous. That's to be, you know, understandable. She's also law enforcement, of course. That's what this entire podcast is about. So, Cynthia, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I did, I'm on police force. It'll be six years in August, work and patrol, love it. All right, so tell us um, the how and the why you got into law enforcement. Was there like anybody in your family that's a part of law enforcement or no? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So you're like me then. Yeah, like straight up. Like I had nobody that's prior LEO. Yeah, my my mom was like, "You you want to be a cop?" <laughs> my daddy was like, "What?" And, you know, family. I got family in Memphis, and mm-hmm. they got different lifestyles. Some of them do, <laughs> and it's just like, "All, all, all right, I'll, yeah, okay, okay, we'll keep you at a distance." And I'm like, "All right, that's cool," but I I think growing up watching first 48 has Mm -hmm. been my shit like (laughs) i was like i want to be a detective hell yeah i want to be a homicide detective i was like that's what i want to do 48 hours oh yeah so it was the first 48 that pulled you in there yeah it's (laughs) it's still my show till this day i can sit there watch it fall asleep wake back up have you seen everything like every single episode of it probably not because i slept on some but Mm. i i will start from season one Mm-hmm. And then go straight on up. I get that. I mean, I watched First 48. I think all of us watched First 48. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then growing up and getting into law enforcement, you're like, damn, these are some pretty messed up cases. You know what I mean? As a kid, you're watching, it's just entertainment. So, like, like I talked about on my last episode, with me, I just did it on a whim. I was working at Sprint. I got tired of stuff going on there. <laughs> and I was on Indeed.com. I was like... Corrections officer, entry level position, sure, why not? So, how how did you get into being a cop? Well, I joined. I actually before I joined the military, I wanted to be an MP, military mm-hmm. police. Mm-hmm. My mom, both my parents are prior military, and my mm-hmm. mom was like, "You are not becoming an MP." Like <laughs> straight up, she was like. No, you better get you a desk job. And I thank her for it, because looking back now, it's like, yeah, I'm happy that I do it, because knowing what I know now, I'm like, nah. Yeah. But then I did human resource um, while I was in the military. I thought that I was done with the cop thing. And then it sparked back an interest, like, this is what I want to do, you know? I want to drive fast with my lights and sirens. I want to help people that's in certain situations. That's, yeah. Then. Okay. Yeah, that's a, a thousand percent different for me. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just fell into it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love law enforcement, but, yeah, I never had a, uh, a desire to be in law enforcement. Well, I think corrections is like, that's a whole nother ball game. I don't know it how is. you did it. It is. Like, that is straight up. Like, welcome to daycare. 
Well, you you gotta sit here. You are one hundred percent correct. <laughs> like I, that's like grown ups tying up. That's uh, like I I pray for correction officers and stuff like that. Like y'all gotta have that patience. Yeah, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on in the jail. I touched on it a bit in the last episode, and I could talk about it later on in some other episodes. But you're correct. The jail <laughs> is a hot mess. That's the that's the best way I can describe it. It's a hot mess, man. And, you know, I, I feel bad for some people that are in there because some people can't do it. Like, because inmates are in there on purpose to, you know, push your buttons. Some people can't handle it. I mean, no, I ain't going to talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's for another episode. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> I ain't even going to mess with it. Um, so let's, let's go here because I got a crazy one that I could talk about right now. And I know that we got plenty of them. We've worked together plenty of times before. I mentioned at the end of the last episode that, you know, I was counting you were city, but we still work together all the time. That's how we became such good friends. So tell me a crazy story you got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple. Like, okay. So this is like a top one. <laughs> Um, we responded to a disturbance and I forgot the actual how the call came out. Right. But basically they're like his car's running and he ran back inside. I think they're physically fighting, you know, domestic call. Mm-hmm. So we pull up, sure enough. I mean this is when I was working nights too, so this is like two, three four o'clock in the morning right nights are always crazy (laughs) (laughs) so pull up cars running we're like okay we go inside the house we're here arguing well after you know going through everything you know this wasn't my case this was i was just a backing officer right we later learned that they had it was a boyfriend and girlfriend living boyfriend and girlfriend they got into an argument and when they have like a little small old dog, like a like a little chihuahua or something. <laughs> so whenever the dog gets nervous, it shits. Mm-hmm. So they're sitting there arguing, arguing. It's escalating. Right. The dog shits. Mm-hmm. The female picks up the fresh shits uh... and slaps him with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's nasty. <laughs> that is disgusting, man. At yeah. that point, I would have just left. I wouldn't even <laughs> wanted to put handcuffs on nobody. It's like, you know what? Y'all handle this yourself. I ain't. Bye. <laughs> you, you know how it is with domestic, though. You're just like, oh, Jesus. Like, mm. And the dude didn't, like, knock her head off? They both went to jail. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would have just took her to jail. <laughs> for doing some nonsense like that just picking that up and just mm, yeah you... I mean <laughs> Cynthia would be like I understand but police officer is like my hands are tied I ain't going I'm not losing my job for y'all like you both y'all gotta go to jail cause was... it was a mutual combat it was what did he do he hit her back oh that's self-defense. What you talking about? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. Hey, hey, no. I would have typed no. that report. He feared for his life. <laughs> no, man. No, 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 no. It's, it, luckily, it wasn't my case. But it's just mm. like one of those you just be like. But did you have to arrest the female? Like, were you the one that put her in cuffs? No. Okay. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I just sat back. Did y'all make her wash her hands first? I mean, so the male half was in the process of washing mm-hmm. himself, and you could still see some of the, the poop on his head. And the female, you know, she had some up under her nails, but I didn't touch. No. I was like, because it was like, you know, it's nighttime yeah. when you get that hot call after bar yeah. hours and everything. Everybody comes through and it's like, what's up? What's going on? Ooh, what's this? Act of fight? Yeah. Yeah. If I'd have been me, you know, just as a backup officer, I would have came pulling up. You would have told me that. I would just hop back in the car and left. <laughs> hey, I'm 10 8. Y'all got this handle. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. So, as a backing officer, you mm-hmm. get to know so much about, you know, this situation. Because as a primary officer, you're just more of like, hey, what happened? Why are we here? Right. Like, what's going on? Did a crime commit? Okay, is it domestic? Do you want to produce charges if it's not domestic? And as a backing officer, I'd be like, so how's your day? You know, besides us being there. Okay, so what do you do for a living? Okay, how long you guys been together? So you get to know more about that person, try to get them insight on certain things in life, especially when we go like to juvenile calls or young adults that are in like a verbal domestic right. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And that explains why, well, I mean, yeah. So it was a domestic I went to. This isn't a crazy story, by the way. It just goes <laughs> along with what you were just saying, you know, being the backup officer. It was a domestic that I went to, and I got there first. And, the like, first investigating it, like, it seemed like it was just verbal, right? Because mm-hmm. I went and talked to the wife, and she was all, nothing happened. There was nothing physical, all that, all that. But her 17 or 18-year-old son was standing right there. And she, whenever I would ask her something, she'd be like, nothing happened. But then she'd look over him and be like, well, he did the right thing by calling you guys. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, clearly something happened here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we've been through all the domestic training. We, I, I get why she wouldn't have wanted to say anything. Mm-hmm. but I, And that's why I kept telling her. It's like, hey, I can't help you unless you tell me what happened. And she was like, there was nothing physical. But he did the right thing by calling you guys. I'm like, okay, I'm not getting anywhere with her. So... My coworker was talking to the husband, and then we swapped. You know, husband was telling me whatever. I don't even remember what he said. As soon as my partner started talking to her, she, like, spilled everything. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and I asked him. I was like, what did you ask her? He'll tell me what he said. I'm like, I literally said that verbatim. She didn't tell me nothing. So, you know what I did? I looked at my sergeant at the time. I was like, hey, can I arrest her for interference? Like, she <laughs> lied to me, man. <laughs> no, you cannot do that. He's like, no, you can't do that. She's a victim. I'm like, but she lied. Like, she was not telling me the truth. She was hindering my investigation. No, it didn't happen. But <laughs> my crazy story, let's see. I think it was in phase four of FTO, right? And for our um, non-LEO friends out there, FTO's field training. You know, it's basically your training for the job. Obviously, every single department's different, but... Ours had four phases at the time. So I was in the final phase of phase four. 
what happened was I was on day shift, and the previous night there was some guy that I guess he drove from eastern Kansas, and he was like legit, you know, out of his mind because he said the voices told him to drive west. And of course he ended I up here. I remember that call. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> of course he ended up here, and I guess he went to what was it, the little Walmart? I think. Yeah, the neighborhood Walmart. He went up there, and he like took a knife and like slit his throat in front of all the employees. So obviously they call nine one one. They give him to the hospital and stuff. And the next morning, he like pushes a nurse and like runs out, right? And it was cold out too. It wasn't like negative, but it was still cold. You know what I mean? And we just out there chasing this dude, butt-ass naked, like, just through the trees and everything, man. And I seen him. Like, I forgot where we were at. I think we were about a golf course, right? And I seen him. He was, like, coming out of the trees. And I was like, what the hell is that? And he was standing there. And I take off after him, right? And that dude disappeared. I don't know where he went. I went in right after him. And I was looking around the tree line. I'm like, I don't know where the hell he went. He went ghost. He did. And so, like, we set up a perimeter and everything, and, like, maybe, like, 30 minutes, we'll just say 30 minutes later, right? We're we're standing right here, and across the street, we hear some branches breaking. So, me and my trainer, we go over there and look, and he calls over the sergeant and another uh, deputy at the time. We come over there, and we see this dude just, like, walking down through a tree line, like, coming towards us. But he's not naked anymore. He broke into somebody's uh, garage and stole, like, a blanket and, like, a, I think it was a pink blanket and a shower cap because he was cold, man. <laughs> he got warm up. You got to warm up. But, like, he was coming down. And it's funny because my trainer, when I first started in phase one, he was like, don't believe the stuff you see on TV. Don't ever yell out freeze or anything like that, right? What's this fool do? The dude hadn't even noticed it yet. We were just waiting for him to get closer. He just yells out freeze. And the dude, like, was like, oh. And then took off running. I was like, what are you doing, man? So we chased it after this dude. Yo, he was fast. I mean, I'm not slow, but he was fast, right? I couldn't catch up to him. <laughs> and so we're, like, running along the tree line or whatever, and I'm just hauling after him, you know, yelling, stop, stop, all that good stuff. He just darts back into the trees, and then I get stuck. From all my gear, I just get stuck. And then he, uh, we chase him right into y'all arms. And y'all got all the credit. Yeah. City got all the credit. I, I remember that. <laughs> I'm sure I, you do. I, I remember responding to the call. And it's just like he had the thousand mile stare. Yeah, just holding his neck. He was just like, the voice is so me to head west. Wait, but you talking about when he, uh, when he came to Walmart? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. He's just like holding his neck. And he was just like, the voice is told me to head west. <laughs> oh, boy. So... <laughs> That's one of my uh, many crazy stories that I could think of right now. Obviously, I did it for, you know, between the jail and patrol. It was about eight years. So, obviously, I got plenty of them, but you got to save some for more. Um, so, let me ask you this. Has, because viewers don't know, obviously, y'all can't see this, but Cynthia's black just like I am. So, my question to you is, has this job affected you in any type of um, negative way, you know, with your family and or your friends being in law enforcement? No, I would say only when sometimes we have those hot discussions, you mm -hmm. know, that come on 
mm-hmm. at the news or you see on social media and sometimes they'd be like, well, you wouldn't understand. I'd be like, I do understand. I'm a police officer and I'm black, but it still doesn't mean that I can't be unbiased when it comes to certain things. And they're just like, no, because you get it. You're a police officer. Where are you? Back the blue? Duh, this. Right. So it's just like, you know what? This this discussion is just the end. Yeah. So when it comes to certain topics and certain things that's posted on the news or social media, we just don't talk about it. That's fair enough. Me personally, I don't think it's, um, I don't think I've been affected in any type of negative way with it, but I don't necessarily have as many friends as I used to before I got into law enforcement. And I remember starting in the jail, the old major at the time, he even said that he's like, you'll see, you know, who your real friends are and all that good stuff. And I was in the jail, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have any arresting powers, nothing of that nature. So it's kind of weird how it is like that. You know, they don't view you as the person that they knew before. They strictly see you as a cop. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, man, this pays my bills. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I can't help you there. Well, I think the crazy thing is I only reconnected with some friends that mm-hmm. I'm still cool with. Mm-hmm. But I still, my friends from um, Facebook or her Instagram or anything like that. Um, we went to school with we're still friends I'm still cool with them I'll still say hey Mm -hmm. but I'm still gonna do my job when it comes to certain things I remember one time I met up with the old school school co-worker not school (laughs) co-worker that doesn't even make sense (laughs) I met up with ladies uh, and gentlemen it's our first podcast (laughs) I I know can you tell I met up with the old classmate when I was in FTO. Yeah. And my FTO was telling me, it was like, yo, since you're from here, you're going to see a lot of your classmates. You're going to see some family members, which my family members is just immediate family here. Mm-hmm. But sure enough, we responded to a domestic and I did not have that mindset that I was a police officer. And... I roll up there and I'm like, I'm not going to say her name, but I was just like, she's like holding her face and I'm like, Hey girl, how are you? Like, Oh my gosh, slow time. No see. And then like my other, um, friend who's going through FTO as well. He's mm-hmm. looking at me like, what you doing? <laughs> like we're on scene at domestic. We he just, right <laughs> yeah. Like he just whooped her behind. Like, what are you doing? And then like, it clicked. I was like, Oh, I'm like, I am the police right now. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Oh, I'm just like, Oh, but besides, besides what's going on, like, how, how are you? Wait a okay. minute. <laughs> exactly. What, like that. Like she was, so you walked up, she was holding her eye, and you like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah, because I, I was like, I haven't been home in like seven years. So I was just like, when I saw her, I was just like, hey, girl, how are you? And she's just like, she has her head down, and then like, she looks up, and she's mm. just like, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine. That I'm girl just- was hurting. <laughs> yeah, then I felt like a real ass. I was just like, fuck, I, sh- I shouldn't have done that. You know what? You should feel like an ass. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Now, now when I see people, I'd be like, "Hey, how are you?" You know, 
if it's like at the dollar store or Walmart yeah. or something, then I'd be like, hey, girl. But hey, and it's, it's actually kind of funny. I would say for me, a lot of people don't even remember me. Um, they, they don't like, hey, sometimes I just be disappearing from the face of the earth, man. It happens. You know what I mean? Um, I don't really be on Facebook like that. I mean, I can go without Facebook, but, you know, in terms See. of getting the message out there for this podcast is fine but i i legit disappear like you might not remember but we went on a call like i back you up i forgot we were 43 and somewhere and it was a call for um whatever the heck that uh it's someplace down on grant or whatever right can't remember what it was called but they were talking about there was some employee that was causing issues or was an employee's um boyfriend that was causing issues and he lived on Jefferson, lived on Jefferson, right? And um, we get there, and mind you, I've known this dude since elementary school, right? <laughs> elementary school is how long I've known this guy. And I called out to him. I was like, hey, come here, you know, by his first name and stuff. He didn't recognize who I was at all. And I was fine with it. I was like, cool, you know, they ain't going to try to necessarily use that as leverage like oh come on you know me type of deal that's happened before it ain't even worth for him you know what i mean but a lot of people don't even recognize me so just leave it at that i mean maybe that's a good and bad thing because then you'd be like you because you know like sometimes people look at law enforcement especially you know if it's already a disturbance and stuff like that and people come on scene and they come up to an officer that they don't know you know like you'd be like hey calm down disperse like no f that don't it does. i got a freedom of speech but like mm-hmm. bro you don't remember me like we went to school together and i had that instance on sometimes it's just be like hey just just go over there like you know you get you know locked up just just calm down like I get you frustrated. Just, just walk over there. Just, just take a couple of walks. Yeah, that's true. And I guess in that situation, um, I could then tell him who I am. Like, yeah. hey, like you just said, it's like, hey, we went to school together. Don't you remember me? And then I look at me, like, oh, I didn't know you became a cop. I'm like, yeah, I've been a cop for like five years now. <laughs> like, let's keep it moving, man. <laughs> I know you don't know I'm a cop. What you know now? So let's keep it moving. But that also works as an advantage sometimes. Like, people know you. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was another incident we went to at some bar or whatever. And I went down there as a backing officer. And there was plenty of people that I knew up there. They were older than me, like, a couple years older than me, like, two or two or three. But they recognized me instantly. And so that calmed them down. And they were more willing to help me out in terms of, like, trying to figure out what the hell just happened i think it was like a bar fight or somebody threatened somebody you know typical weekend night shift stuff so but they were more willing to help me out because they knew me Mm -hmm. because one dude that was with them i've never seen before in my life haven't seen him since or if i have i wouldn't recognize him he came walking out and he was all uh we ain't seen nothing we ain't talking y'all i was about to say something to him you know what i mean but (laughs) they were like don't worry about him and then they started talking to me so yeah you right it can have advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. But, I mean, I ain't in law enforcement no more, so I guess it don't matter. Until <laughs> <laughs> you get that subpoena. <laughs> I'm like, he lives right over there. Hey, man. Go knock on his door. Hey. I've he got to go to court, too. Hey, 
I'm gonna act like I never got it. I'm a regular <laughs> civilian now. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was at work. I go to work at like six in the morning. I don't know what happened. Sorry. Like go and stand and be like, were you employed on this? What day was that? Like I don't know. I don't. I don't recall. That's all I'll say. Then they never subpoena me again. Then I gotta worry about it. Oh yeah, they be like, throw all his cases away. Like we ain't about to deal with him. He up on stand acting brand new. Like he ain't got no body cam to show that he wasn't there. Like really? Exactly. That's what I would do though. Cause then it'd be like, well, he's not credible as a witness. We can't rely on him. No more subpoenas. Granted, since I've been gone, I've only got one subpoena anyways. And of course, when I showed up, they were like, oh, we don't need you. Like, what was the purpose of the subpoena then? Like, subpoenas are dumb, man. You can get name dropped because that's what it was. Uh, yeah. It was. It started as a 32 that started in the city, ended up in the county, and I literally stood there and watched the car because he like crashed in the street line, then bailed on foot. Other deputies and um, somebody else with a canine went out there like in the tree line and was searching for him. I just stood back with the vehicle just in case he came back. I read the report of like the main deputy. I, my name was literally in there once, and it was spelled wrong. <laughs> like, that ain't me. <laughs> hey, man, I tried that, and I was told that that didn't work. And I was like, if this is an official document, this isn't me. He's like, no, it was just a typo. We know who you are. Have you ever had your subpoena on your on the name of the subpoena spelled wrong? Yeah. I, I feel like this is not me. It would always be missing a letter from my last name. Like, always. <laughs> I'm like, this is not me. <laughs> they have it all mixed up. I'm like, who is this? Like, can you even pronounce that? Yeah, but see, because, you know, you know, you know the story. I'll yeah. say that one for later. I ain't miss a court. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then I'll get another subpoena. <laughs> all right, I'll go. You I know this ain't me, but, but I'll go. Okay. So, well, um, what type of officer do you think that you are? Are you like... One of those hard asses. Are you a softie? You somewhere in the middle? I'm in the middle. Like, if I come to you, depending on what the situation is, I'm a human. I feel like some people forget that we are human beings. Mm -hmm. We just have like a vest and a badge and a gun. But don't get me wrong. You, you know, like you disrespect me or something like that. I'm gonna have right. to be like, yo. Nah, this is not how it goes. But also, I'm going to be courteous and everything else like that and be fair and impartial. I agree. Um, back when, it was a couple of years ago now. What year were we in? 2021? Probably say 2018, 2019, something like that. So some years ago now. For some reason, my dumb ass started vaping, right? <laughs> but <laughs> it wasn't like um, there was no nicotine in it. I was just literally doing it for the flavor or whatever, right? And I went into the little smoke shop here, and the dude was like, like his eyes were just wide, because I went in uniform. His eyes were just wide. He was like, oh man, I gotta take a picture of this. I can't believe this. I'm like, bro, like, I'm a regular person like you are. This uniform don't mean that I'm like some higher up type of person or something, you know? So it's just touching on what you said. And I'm in the middle as well. I remember when I first started in the jail, the old major, he said a lot of stuff that you just said. He was like, they're not animals. They're still human beings. Don't treat them like animals until they start acting an ass. You know what I mean? And I wasn't the hard ass. I wasn't a pushover. I was always in the middle. 
I talk to people how I talk to people that are inmates. I go to them, call them bro, out on patrol, like, hey, bro, what's going on? Tell me what's going on when I'm trying to investigate a case. And I think that helps, you know, sometimes. Obviously, there's just sometimes you can't do anything. But I think that that helps, you know. People see it as, well, he's not some robot. Yeah. He's a regular person just trying to figure out what's going on. I think the biggest thing in this job is how you talk to people. Right. Like, I know, like, sometimes when we get on scene, people arguing and stuff like that. You separate them. Some people are just more, what's the word? Voiceless. I don't mm. know if that's a word or not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Google it later. <laughs> like, you know, like, if I'm upset, I'm going to yell. I'm going to use my hands. That's mm-hmm. how I talk. So if I'm arguing, like I'm cooling down and I'm talking to someone, like trying to release it, there's been plenty of times where I go on scene, you know, they get into argument, they found out someone was cheating and they're, they're yelling and all of this. And I'm like, go ahead, bro. Like, let it out. (laughs) Like you human, I get it. It was just verbal though. And I'd be like, you good. There's nothing wrong with yelling. You got to let out something. I'm not one of those just be like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, uh-uh, you gotta, you need to lower your voice. I'm gonna get you for disorderly conduct. But like, bro, his old lady was cheating on him. They've been living together for like eight years, and they got a kid. Like, let it be. But also sometimes when they're you're trying to talk to someone and they're yelling at each other, mm-hmm. no, nip that. Like, nah. You need to talk to me. Like, y'all not about to go back and forth, then something escalates more to where it turns physical. True. And I agree with that a thousand percent. Like, sometimes people just need to get stuff off of their chest. Like, I used to work, uh, this is probably like two plus years ago now, too. I did the security at the movie theater, whatever, right? And this one dude came out. He was pissed. I don't even remember what he was mad about, but he was like severely pissed off at the manager, whatever, right? I'm just sitting there, just letting him vent. He just needed to talk, you know what I mean? And one of the coworkers, not coworkers, but one of the workers there, she, like, interrupted. I was like, no, that's not what he said. I'm like, oh, my God, she just made this situation a million times worse, <laughs> man. I'm like, hey, stop, just stop. And he just kept going, just, like, for another five minutes. He was just pissed. And I was just sitting there listening to him, and after we were done, he, like, shook my hand and walked out. And that's what I had to tell her. I was like, sometimes you just need to let people talk. You know, yeah. right or wrong, just got to let it get it out. That's even happened on patrol. Yeah. You know? I'm not going to say anybody's names, but we didn't go to a scene. We were right outside the office. And they said, like, the coworker, he said that he was out with the individual right outside of uh, the office or whatever. So I'll go out there, and that dude is just, I mean, I'm pretty sure he was drunk, but, you know, he was just venting about mm-hmm. things. You know, because he's black, and he was saying he was tired of how black people were being treated in America and everything. And the dude, uh, the co-worker, he's white, but he was just like, he was talking to him so wrong. He was saying stuff like, well, because the dude was like, if things keep going this way, I'm just going to buy a plane ticket and like fly to Africa or something like that, right? And the dude was like, I don't care. No, Nothing's keeping you here. Nobody's keeping you here. Just leave. I was looking at him like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? And he kept doing that. And even the guy picked up on it. He was like, looked at him. I was like, why are you talking to me like that? So I like stood to the side 
I was like, he about to knock this motherfucker out. I'm going to let it happen. And then I'm going to arrest him. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let it happen, man. Just because of how he was talking to him. Like, there's a time and a place for that stuff. And you know better than I do on nights. Because a lot more people are drunk, belligerent, all that good stuff. A lot more crime happens 24-7. But a lot more crime happens on night shift. So, yes, there's a time and a place where you have to be forceful and loud with somebody to get control of the situation. Mm-hmm. That was not one of them. The dude was talking normal. Yeah, he was probably drunk, but he was just venting. And the officer made it a lot worse. You know? Yeah, sometimes it's just to be quiet, sit back, or engage it into a discussion with them. Yeah. I think that's like one of the things that I like to do. Be like, well... Like, oh, law enforcement is doing this. I'm like, well, how how do you think we can make it better? Mm-hmm. So I'm, talking, I'm like, okay, well, you know, they have city commissions. They have the chief walk to where you can go down and discuss this. I'm mm-hmm. Like, there's plenty of things out there. Like, hey, get involved in the community. How how can we help this community? Right. Um. So I know you were prior service. You're in the Army. Do you think... I don't want to phrase this. It's not in a bad way, but like from when you got out of the army to when you started your LEO career to now, do you feel that you've changed a lot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's crazy because some of the things like nonchalant when I was in the military, it was just more of like, you know, go about your day. Didn't really think about like where to live at like oh yeah this i mean this looked pretty dope yeah now i'm a police officer i'd be like okay let me actually do some research let me google the crime rate let me um see how you know are the lawns upkept mm-hmm. and then even with my husband like when he's sleep i like in the middle of the night i check like is he still is he still breathing he's still okay yeah he's still alive <laughs> I, I don't know what it is because even with my mom i go check up on her and she'd be like oh i took a nap and i go up there and i'd be like ma ma yeah okay he's still alive yeah yeah, yeah. that reminds me of uh when i was in the jail there's this old crazy man we had in there i think he's passed away now I'm pretty sure he did but he was in there he was crazy like legit nuts right and it was a weekend, I think. And so I was the one that had to give him the meds because, you know, the nurse only worked Monday through Friday. Man, I opened up that cell door and I was calling to his name. He was not moving. I was like, shit. And I was like, this is my fucking dad, man. <laughs> and I started, like, yelling his name and he still wasn't moving. I was like, mm. but And I, like, went over and, like, nudged him. And he finally woke up. And I guess he was, like, half deaf or something like that. So that's why he couldn't hear me. I was like, man, this dude's dead, man. This is not going to be a good time for me because I was still fairly new in the jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? I hadn't been really exposed to anything up until that point. So I was like, this is not a good time. <laughs> but then, of course, you know, get over to patrol. And I, I pointed it out how, or in my last podcast, how this is a smaller area compared to, you know, obviously like bigger places. Mm-hmm. Shoot, even bigger places in this in the state is small. But... We still see plenty of stuff, you know what I mean? And I think you and I have talked about this before, like when we were, one of the many times we were 43 and like, the things we see, it's an unfortunate part of the job, but 
it comes with the job. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that sucks. I've seen people hang themselves. I've seen a dude, well, the aftermath, um, a guy like blew his head off with a shotgun. What was it? Earlier this year, the dude on the highway, you know, oh, yeah. like half of his face was gone because he got ran over. And those are the things that we got to see. You know, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they always say, don't say the quiet word. Don't yeah. say it's boring. I learned that first day I was 43 with another officer. And, you know, I was released. This is like second week. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is so fun. And that day I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm just so bored. <laughs> I'm like, this is so boring and it's quiet. And the tones go off. And mm-hmm. it's still, whenever I drive that block, I always think of that house. This is the house where old dude um, shot himself with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And what it sounded like to me is, hey, oh, dude got a gun and shot himself. So I'm just like, okay. So it's me and another officer, my supervisor. We walk down and like I could smell the gunpowder. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is not a handgun. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's something totally different. So you walk in and it's just like. You see the splatter everywhere. You mm-hmm. see everything. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking moves. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that part of the story. <laughs> yeah, he lived for about an hour. They was, Lifestar came in. Once Lifestar came in, he coded and passed mm-hmm. away. But yeah, that that was the big one. Like he was sitting in a chair, slumped over. Mm-hmm. The landlord he rented out rooms and he stayed downstairs. And he put a fucking trash can over his, uh, like under his head, so the blood can drip in the trash can, not in the carpet. Mm-hmm. Pretty fucked up thing to do, but I guess you got to save carpet. Oh, the landlord did that. Yeah. Wow. What a dick. <laughs> This dude's in here bleeding now. I was like, hey, let me get you a trash can real quick, man. Yeah, yeah, like, don't bleed on my carpet, man. This this is $1,000. I'm going to have to dab it out, not rub it. You know, like American Gangster oh, when he was there. <laughs> you blocked that shit. Yeah. You don't rub that. You blocked that shit. Yeah, it's just like, you see how fucked up some people's mindsets are. And it's mm-hmm. just like, hey, do you want to talk to a counselor or you want a pastor? He's just like, nah. I, I've seen a lot of stuff, military. And I'm like, you right? Like, cool story, bro. It's military too. Do you want to talk to somebody? Yeah, I was just like, okay. I was like, I I sat behind a desk, so I'm not even going to friend and be like, yeah, I've seen all these dead bodies yeah. and shot and this and that. Mm-mm. So, you know, that actually leads me to my next question. Do you think, like, counseling of some sort in our line of work after seeing some traumatic thing, do you think that should be mandatory? Yes. Okay. I think that it should be once a month at least mm. you talk to a, a therapist. I mean, even, I think that agency should because it's a it's a lot of stuff that goes. Like I I realize one of the things that I do was when I used to get off of work at nights, I would drink two, 
three beers just to decompress Mm -hmm. just for that hour it's just like i just need to relax don't talk to me and i still do that now like my my three-day weekends i just feel like i i'm like honey just just let me be like let me get my hour to myself i don't want to talk i just want to sit here and relax because you see a lot of stuff you see a lot of from kids that want to kill themselves Mm -hmm. to accidents to all sorts of stuff and it's not like how the big cities where it's just like hey call someone i'm gonna set up perimeter granted Mm -hmm. on some calls yes we do do that but Mm -hmm. other calls we gotta go in and be like okay let's do this let's do this let's do that type thing i think i've only gone to one like um not counseling per se i don't even remember what it's called now to be honest with you i've been out with april may june july not that long going on four (laughs) months not that long but i've like dumped a lot of stuff you know what i mean um i used i was really good at statutes i ain't good at them no more you know what i mean and i don't know if that's from i don't really know what that's from you know if i was just so ready to get out of it that i was just like i think a lot of people get burnt out sometimes and it's just once you're out you're out you know it's just like and especially how you go out too you know it's just one of those things like fuck it i don't have to do this no more fuck Mm -hmm. them fuck everything else just one of those things yeah that's kind of the mentality that this guy that i work with now he's former leo and that's how he feels he there he, he told me that there wasn't really a uh, a triggering factor that made him want to get out he said he just woke up one day and was like i don't want to do this anymore so he quit just like that but just to circle back real quick i really don't remember what it was called we'll just call i think it was a, de- a debrief mm-hmm. we had a um what was it it was a bad accident on the interstate like this lady got ejected and then i think she got ran over by a semi as well Good God. Yeah. We had traffic backed up for miles and miles and miles, right? Like, at least 10-plus miles is how far we had traffic backed up. And there was a ton of stuff going on in that night, too. Is at the beginning of shift, that call came out, and it also said that a a child was ejected. So, automatically, we were like, please, God, no. Thankfully, there was no child. I think I drove by that accident. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think I drove by that one. I think I seen it. No, no. I meant like when because it was over by the gate, right? Yeah. 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 Because I was going to go see my boot thing at the time, (laughs) (laughs) and I remember seeing the car seat. I'm like, oh damn! I'm glad I'm not working that. Oh yeah. It's it's crazy though, because you know, like when you see accidents or you see something of like just craziness, and you be like man that is gonna be they're gonna be there for a while that's a long form <laughs> we were there for a while i mean yeah accidents like that the uh, state police take over obviously if it's a fatality accident they're the ones that work that but we were still out there for a while i said so that that was going on we of course i call these people rubberneckers you know mm-hmm. instead of paying attention to the road they want to drive by just want to stare and so then they cause like three or four more accidents that's a long night my dumb ass so it's on the interstate right and we i forgot we were standing at we were close to the initial accident and you just hear tire screech and hear a loud pop and i look over and I look at my coworker. 
was like, you fucking kidding me? I was like, this shit just happened? And he's like, yep, and just took off running. I was like, damn. So we're like hauling ass, right? First of all, it was a lot further away than I thought it was initially, <laughs> right? I didn't think it was that far away. Like, we just kept running and running. And I'm saying to myself, it's like, damn, why, is, why are we not here yet? But running across the interstate, traffic is still coming. And I, my dumb ass is yelling out, stop. Like, they can hear me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so surprised I didn't get hit, man. But there was that accident. There's another accident right after it. Further down, there was another agency that was there providing traffic control. There was an accident right there. On a scanner, state police was in a, uh, a 32 coming um, from a different county, coming west, like coming towards us or whatever. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? Someone shook the shake, crazy tree. <laughs> Man, no, somebody said the Q word. Somebody oh, said yeah. quiet. <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> you know, it's crazy you say that about um, state police, um, do the troopers do accidents. We had accident where the lady got ejected mm-hmm. and the car landed on her and mm-hmm. flipped over they didn't even come do that accident I was so upset was that um, the one that was in your guys area the, mm-hmm. our little three miles yeah okay <laughs> yeah I do remember that one yeah yeah cuz I forgot one of the EMS guys he came up and I asked him something he's like oh no she's gone I was like oh Okay, my bad. <laughs> you know what's crazy is that, you know, we talk about how cruel people are. Yeah. So the lady, we didn't know who she was. So we got to the registered owner and we're like, hey, your car was involved in an accident, which was a fatality. And she's like, well, how's my car? Mm. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> like, that's that's just cold blooded right there. Like, oh it man, is. that's that's sad. But I wonder, well, did she have any relation to the lady? No, supposedly her husband or boyfriend, somebody, significant other at the time, had the vehicle, and that might have been, you know, somebody oh, else, possibly the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, it's I, like, yeah, I, I mean, I get it, but it's just like someone Be mad lost later. their life. Yeah, yeah. Be, yeah. be mad about it later. Yeah. Like, this like, lady. Girl, you got insurance. Don't, don't sit up there in front. <laughs> like, this, your car could be replaced. Yeah. Not not this lady. Yeah, you're right. Like I said, you could be mad later. Be yeah. mad at your uh, significant other, whoever. Mm-hmm. Be mad later. But this lady just lost her life, and you're like, how's my car? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> just Somebody like, need okay. to go smack that lady up, is what they need to do. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. You know how a lot of people are all for, um, I ain't going to say a lot of people, but there's quite a few people that are all about defunding the police. You know, like some people want to completely get rid of law enforcement. What's your take on that? I haven't really looked that much into it. I got you. But I know I had, I think... Kansas City put out an article it was like a year or two ago and it was talking about like they were defunding and I guess from my take of it Mm -hmm. they were closing down certain precincts so I sent this in a group chat 
with my sister and two other friends. And I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. And the friend, she's like, it's not stupid. It should be defunded. This, like, um, please don't need this money. Um, you guys take to get there for so long to call. So I'm like, where? Don't get there. I'm like, you, like, if you've seen the documentary of Flint, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's, that's what you was considered defund. Like, as a police officer, you don't know if you're going to get a check. Well, get fired. Um, you responding to, like, robbery calls in progress, like, 12 hours later. Mm-hmm. So we had a big blowout about that because she's saying, like, it needs to be cut. I'm like, well, in order to keep people, police officers, you already get paid shitty. Like you got to keep them like you got to have some type of morale some type of benefits and she was just like no that's just gonna weed out the bad officers i'm like no i was like you're gonna turn good officers into stressful burnt out Mm -hmm. to where sometimes they turn bad or they quit and go somewhere else to like the suburbs and then the inner cities you're gonna get the shitty officers because they're like well we're we're down you're not going to complain you know that type of thing that's just my thoughts on it i don't think it's a good idea uh, i have to do more research into what they would put the money into but right. i don't think that it's it's good i think maybe mental health is a big thing put money into mental health that's what i was about to bring up um every death call maybe do a debrief like, hey, especially with kids and stuff like that. Um, if you get into, have to do, you know, use of force. Mm-hmm. Any type of physical contact, pull out a gun. you got to, you know, check off the box. Not really check off the box, so to say. That's a bad wording. No, but I, I get what you're saying. Just to say, like, hey, you know, let's talk about this. You know, you good? That type of thing. Yeah, so... For me, a lot of stuff that I see online when they're talking about defunding the police, it's like completely getting rid of them. You know, they'll see in like bigger cities and bigger states, like the which whichever law enforcement agency it is, like responding to riots or something like that, and they have like a ton of decked out riot gear and stuff like that. And a lot of people are mad. They're like, you know, why are we spending all this money for things of that nature? Or like militarized. Yeah, stuff. and a lot of people don't like that. On some things, I do agree, but not at all with the ones where they're like, we just need to completely get rid of law enforcement because they'll say that we need to replace them with mental health experts. I agree that more money should be put into that because one of my coworkers before I left, we talked about that a lot. Like a lot of the shootings that come out or anything that happens when you they start digging to the background, there's some sort of mental health issue. So I agree with that. My counter argument to that, to the people that are saying, you know, it should just be mental health experts. What happens if just a mental health expert goes in and then it becomes a hostage situation? You know what I mean? They're not trained for that. They're not going to be able to get themselves out of that situation. And then it just spirals downward from that. And nobody ever really has an answer for that. So maybe both. Which mean? Like have a mental 
like a mental health person and mm. a police officer respond. Right. Okay, it's good. It's not as good. Like, you know how we do um, domestics when we have a police response advocate. Yeah. So basically a police response advocate is like a sponsor type things that helps victims that's in domestic violence. The police has to stay there. Mm. So I think that maybe police respond, have a mental health crisis person on, on standby and be like, all right, well, go ahead and have them in routes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no weapons. He's having maybe a schizophrenia episode or he's just having suicidal thoughts. Have them come, talk, and possibly we'll transport them to the hospital. I agree. Like, the people are talking about the militarized, you know, riot uniforms. I agree with that aspect of it. You know, put more of that money into training for LEO to help them out. Um, See, I, I, I kind of disagree. Oh, yeah? Because how many guns do people have? A in, lot. A lot. So you're going to tell me like, oh, that, that looks like Millerized vehicles. Duh, this. Like you have a standoff or mm-hmm. something. You don't want me to go in my patrol vehicle if we have to, you know, take it down, SWAT goes in, you want a heavy armored vehicle. Right. Or, hey, I want these police officers, if they have to go in and clear the house, we know this dude has possibly X amount, especially with the military being here. Like, you don't know people's thought process, their background and stuff like that. So I do believe that there should be, I put air quotes, militarized vehicle. Mm -hmm. That's my thought process on it. No, no, I get that. I think, well, because like what I'm trying to say is I agree to an extent. I don't agree where they're basically saying get rid of law enforcement take the money that you were using for law enforcement and give it all to here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe some of it, and I'm not even saying half, not even saying 25%, but maybe some of it could be taken and used more for training. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. Cause I mean, shoot, even a little place like here, they got, we got, well, y'all got the, the SWAT truck. Does y'all got a SWAT truck? Yeah, mm-hmm. y'all got a SWAT truck. So there's like already the armored vehicle. I'm not saying to take, anything away like that they already have you know what i mean so my question would be what would the training be well it depends i mean look at how things are today like i said the mental health thing um bias-based policing more emphasis on that especially that because of how things have been escalating the last year or so my thing is we have to do the bias policing every year Right. You know, it's required. It is, but how many people really pay attention to it? You know what I mean? But how many people are actually going to pay attention to it if we go, be like, let's put money into this training for bias policing? That's that's the way I look at it. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's a character. Yeah. You know, if you already come in fucked up, like, hey, I hate this type of people or have a stereotype of this people, I can't break it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be up to them. And hopefully the process of them being hired to that agency will weed out those things. You're right. You're or right. during FTO, they'll realize, oh, hold on. This motherfucker suck. We need to get his ass out of here. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> there's some red flags. Like, don't flag on a play ref. Like, no, we, we got to get, get him out. We need to get his ass up out of here. You yeah. We're going to make it, chief. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I got you. I got you. It's good. See, that's what I was talking about. The friendly debates. Like, we ain't going to agree on everything, but still my homie at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. So I think this was a pretty good show. You got anything else you want to add? Nope. Have right. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a, uh, a quick plug real quick. Once again, Behind the Blue Podcast. I'm on Instagram at M-R-G-R-E-N-E-5-8. And I'm on Twitter at, what is my Twitter handle? Hang on a second. At M-R-G-R-E-N-E-5-8-8-9. Follow me on there. And we'll be back next week. Y'all have a good one.